Success to me is having my dreams come true. I'm like amazed by the fact that I can think something, a story. I can think a, a building. I can think something and materialize it into actuality. That to me is the most successful thing a human being can do. I'm Tori Reed, the CEO of Victory and Noble, as well as the executive producer for Getting Deals Done. Getting Deals Done is about one of three dynamic intentions. Number one, the success mindset, which is about the visionary doer as well as the dream catcher. Number two, systems, what it takes to get deals done in the world. And number three, power, how big things are done in the world. Getting Deals Done is about impacting humanity one deal at a time. Our shows are produced for the busy executive in under 20 minutes with voiceovers that aim to clarify, inspire, and raise your collective business IQ. We hope the show will leave you supercharged with capital energy, focused with purpose, and ready to do your very best by being your best. Welcome to Getting Deals Done with Patrick Howell my partner and a tenured financier, as well as someone who knows a thing or two about getting the deal done. Courtesy of our partners at Vivro Water, a sustainable solutions company that mirrors our commitment to clarity, focus, and a better world. Vivro's water solutions for business have already helped divert tens of millions of wasteful plastic bottles from landfills and waterways. Every day, Vivro systems across the globe help forward-thinking companies transform their own on-premise water into a source for pure and reliable filtered hydration. Let Vivro help you and your business leave a legacy of stewardship, health, and wellness that will literally make you feel good inside. Go to vivrowater.com. V-I-V-R-E-A-U water.com for more information. Getting Deals Done is a show about titans, mavericks, captains of industry, impresarios, and burgeoning entrepreneurs. How do they achieve their success is a common refrain on my show. But just what is success? There are folks on the planet with billions of dollars to their name who are plain old miserable. Then... There are folks with a meager $10 in annual earnings who are the happiest souls you'll ever meet. I find myself considering just what is so-called success these days in these curious times. So it is interesting to talk to a media pioneer and self-fashioned success, Tim Reed, in part two of a two-part series to find out how he has created his own unique marvels, his own distinct brand of success. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about legacy of people, because I think that that's very profound. I mean, this is this is you saying my lifetime of work. This is where I sit there and I accelerate. This is everything I put into my work, legacy of a people, which is on the one hand, a streaming surface, but it's aptly titled Mm -hmm. legacy of a people. Yeah. What does it mean to you? And what's the final vision for that? Well, it's as I say in in our slogan, it's not just a network. It's who we are. Yes. And I think we need to have more control. And I see it now. I mean, uh, where we are now in Hollywood, there are more stories being told by people of, of African descent than ever before. Yes. There are more people out in front of it performing. There are more people writing 
than ever before. Yes. When I started writing television scripts, whether I wrote for KRP or any show that I was on, or my own scripts and producing, there were only a handful of us. When I was producing television or writing, there were literally, in the Writers Guild, there couldn't have been more than, than a handful. You could put all of us in a van and, and ride around, and, and Hollywood would be in that van black. There weren't many producing network shows, only a few. And now you look at it, and it's it's I'm, it's glorious. I'm happy to see it. It's glorious, but let's talk about that. Let's talk about the stress that comes into play over a lifetime, because that was something that we touched bases on briefly yesterday. And how do you get out of survival mode into let me relax, let me enjoy, because that's really a big part of the battle is to say, well, let's go from this mentality of victims and go into this uh, mentality of I'm living my life and how do we thrive? It's a very tough business. Yes. Uh, uh, Controlling one's narrative, whether you do it in film, art, doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. the discipline. It's a very difficult business because the resistance to you controlling your narrative is so great Mm -hmm. and so phenomenal and both within and, and without. The obstacles, money, the distribution, whole system, a whole system. And I've always felt that I needed to attack the weak point of the system. So when I decided to build a studio back in 1997, mm-hmm. it was after uh, uh, having a show that I thought was probably had a better opportunity of shifting views of black culture than anything I had ever seen on television. That was Frank's place. And um, I always say that had that show stayed on four or five years, that race relations in America would be different. Not better, but it would be different. People would think of black people in a different way than Mm -hmm. they do now. One of the key assets most successful people have is they not only know who they are, but what their focus or purpose in life is. Mr. Tim Reeds was clear early on that he was a storyteller, and he followed that calling no matter what, even when it didn't make sense to anyone else, not his families, not his friends, anyone. Focus with purpose is a clear commodity to living a full life. I think that that show had incredible potential, and and I was really hurt and angered, Hmm. angered more than hurt. And um, I decided then that I was going to fight even harder. Where I should have maybe relaxed and regrouped creatively, I fought. And I had the pleasure of, with those battles, achieving a few victories, creating another two television shows. One was picked up, uh, Snoops, who was sort of a heart-to-heart, thin man kind of version, and made a lot of money and bought my farm and decided after that was taken off, although I knew that was just a reward, I decided to retire from the business. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know how long. Well, so you retired from inside of the business and then went outside of the business taking your skill set. Well, no, I just, I retired from the business. Okay. I, I bought a farm in Charlottesville, 70 acre farm and sold my Mercedes and bought a tractor <laughs> and decided to flush myself of the business, literally to not regurgitate, but to literally cleanse myself, my view, my personal view, the business. I didn't even have a television in my house for a year. <laughs> I did not watch. I read the paper. Thank God, New York Times and all that. We had delivered on this farm. And I drove around on my tractor, moving gravel from one place to another. And I tried to clear my head and say, okay, I wasn't going to quit, but I needed to drop off the anger, 
mm-hmm. the methodology of what I had been trained to do and say, oh, okay, I got to regroup myself. And just before I did that, I had the pleasure of meeting the father of television. I've told the story, William Paley. And uh, I was the first black man that had been invited to his office from the creative side. And sitting before him was a moment of epiphany. Now, he was the man who created television as we know it, news, drama, <laughs> comedies. And he sat and he said to me, he said, I've seen your show, speaking of Frank's place, I would have been, he said, he would have been a joy to have it on the network when he ran it. Well, right away, I'm like, wow, that's <laughs> a compliment in our business. It's one of the highest you can get. Forget the Emmy. Give me that kind of compliment. You know? And then he said to me, he asked one question. He says, what is your propaganda? And it all came together with that. I said, wow, it is propaganda. It is food for the masses. It's the way the system controls what we think of ourselves and everybody else. And I looked at him. I said, uh, Mr. Paley, I said, as a young kid, I used to watch television, Amos and Andy, Buva, and all those shows. I said, you know, I have rarely seen anyone that looked like anyone I grew up knowing in my community. My aunts, the guy who owned the store, and the guy who owned mm-hmm. the drugstore, the movie theater manager. Once upon a time, we were colored. Yeah, I said, I've never seen those people on television. Mm-hmm. I said, rarely. I mean, I've seen performers who came from there, but I've never seen stories about those people. Frank's Place is that story. Mm-hmm. And he said, you're right. So you're going to keep its writers? I said, yes, sir. And, and that ended. So when my show was canceled, I remembered that conversation. I said, now, what do I have to do to be able to continue and do that? And I said, I must have my own studio. I must create my own distribution system. And I must do that as soon as possible. And that's when I decided to uh, take my money. Powerful. And one of the dumbest things I've ever done, but it was certainly <laughs> creatively, it was a very important thing for me. And we went out and we built the 50-acre facility, back lot and everything, and started making movies. Controlling the narrative has been a clear and driving passion of Tim Reed's. A matter of fact, it has been a through line in his many endeavors, telling the rich story of his people, whether doing so as part of the first multiracial comedic duo in the 70s with his good friend and comedian's comedian, Tom Driesen, to directing his own independent film, Once Upon a Time When We Were Colored. I had a movie going. I was the first to to have a direct vendor relationship with then Blockbuster. I had five titles in the story. I was doing documentaries and all that. And it was working until the system began to exert its power over that kind of uh, independent th- thought and independent operations. And I didn't have the backup and I didn't have the support that was needed to stand against that. So I decided after uh, almost 20 years, 18 to 20 years, I decided I need to give this fight up because it'll take me down. My training to survive that I received in Little Color Town from these black people who had, had survived the depression. And I went, I need to surprise, survive my depression if I want yes. to go on. Sometimes your, your impetus, your thing that pushes you comes from the craziest opportunity or situation. Like I say, Paley was the reason that I wanted, I decided I would take the plunge and build a studio. Well, I decided mm-hmm. to go into streaming business because under the pandemic, I had only a few options like we all had. I could stay home and discover who the hell this woman was I was married to. (laughs) (laughs) Or 
I could like, I had this studio with a partner, just he and I control. We could keep people from coming in. That was going to be our little place to go hang out and write and control and work and do that. And I got all this content because yes, I lost the studio, but my lessons I learned in this city was controlling intellectual property rights. Mm-hmm. I owned all the content that I created, some of it evergreen. And I had all this equipment, lights, mm-hmm. and sandbags, and, and C-stands, and <laughs> silks, and I had all this stuff, millions of dollars of equipment. What am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to keep shooting. <laughs> so my partner and I decided that we would just use this stuff and create some. I got this thing. What do I need? I need a platform. I found a platform. Mm-hmm. And we put it out there, the legacy of a people. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, It's the legacy of, of what my dream is, is to continue to control and be the storyteller that I was born to be. Tell me this last question. Mm-hmm. You're obviously somebody, like I said, who lives a very interesting existence where you've been inside of the system. You've had your fair amount of incredible successes, mm-hmm. seeing the top, seeing the mountaintops. And then you've also been outside trying to um, and at the bottom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and at yes. the bottom. <laughs> There's so many people always talk about millionaires and billionaires and that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And I get tired of it because I'm like, that's no way to really evaluate what success is. I mean, you know, play the game, keep score, that kind of a thing. But ultimately, it's about spiritual triumphs. How do you define success? I don't know. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very difficult question because one has to be careful by saying success is this. Because what you consider successful could be a albatross around the neck of someone else. I know people who are multimillionaires who are mm-hmm. some of the most miserable people I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. And they're very unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I know people who have very little but mm-hmm. what's around them in love. And they're some of the happiest people. I mean, mm-hmm. when I travel to the, to the motherland and I see people surviving in ways that I couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. And they're so happy. Not mm-hmm. happy about their state in life, but happy about living. Mm-hmm. and surviving. Mm-hmm. So success to me is is having my dreams come true. Yes. You know, uh, dreaming something. I, I I love sitting with artists and creative people. And I, you know, I'm like amazed by the fact that I can think something, a story. I can think a, a building. Mm-hmm. I can think something and materialize it into actuality. That to me is, yes. is the most successful thing a human being can do when they can literally, you know, the, the, the chair that we're sitting in was somebody's thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's go back to days when people sitting around on rocks and they were saying, you know, this rock is hard. Let's create something softer in a chair with a cushion came out. <laughs> you know, people create incredible things out of passion, out of need. The legacy of the people network was created out of, out of need, need to be busy. You know, hmm. there's only two places I could be at my at my home or at the studio. I what do I do that? I told you yesterday, I think it's a multi-trillion dollar opportunity. We only have two of our stories told, Boys in the Hood, part 5,000 and Roots, part 10,000. Yeah. And uh, all these other stories that you've been telling with Link, Snoops, Frank's Place, to unleash that and open up, that's a multi-trillion dollar opportunity. But it takes, it takes a village. In order to make this thing work, mm-hmm. even what I'm dreaming, what anybody dreams, it takes a group of people Mm -hmm. with passion and commitment Mm -hmm. and who won't be those two die people, people who, you know, who will um, put in not only a hundred percent, but will stand there. And if believing in the truth of the mission will be there 
for instance, like a lot of times when uh, young people come, when I had the studio, even now, young people come and say, I want you to mentor me or I want to work mm. with you. You know, I'm there, man. I'll take a bullet for you. And I'm going, I don't need you. So what do you mean? I said, I need people who will return fire. I don't need people who will take a bullet. Nobody wants to step over a dead body. But will you return fire when it's time to do that? Mm -hmm. And if they say yes, okay, these are the kind of people I can work with. Because you got to build a team. I think one of the weaknesses in, in people in our industry, especially people of color, is that we get there and we insulate ourselves and we believe that we can't have many of us around because it mm -hmm. may either weaken our power or the man will choose them and not us. And I've never felt that way. I've been criticized, even by black folks in my business, that I've, I've done too much in terms of hiring people around me. But I want, when I'm producing a show, I want people, I want to feel comfortable. I want to look on a set and see <laughs> people who look like me, who act like me, who is not so much a trust, you know, because I've been embezzled by people of, of African descent. It's just that I feel more comfortable working in an environment that culturally reveals the kind of life that I had and that I dream of. How do you reconcile always seeing the future and then being inside of the boringness of the present day? And how do you deal with, how do you deal with that? Well, it's not so much I see the future. I've always been trying to rush ahead and get things done. I mm -hmm. finally decided to be a bit wiser and slow down hmm. and let things catch up with me. So I purposely slowed down my engines and I've tried to refocus or focus on a few things and let the chips fall where they may. And be careful at who I bring around me, who I work with. Mm -hmm. Not so much a negative energy, but just make sure that we are fighting the same fight and have people who, who support you, you know, honor them, make sure that you let them know you value what they bring to the table. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to make this thing work, if we want another Black Wall Street, then we have to be in control of not just the story, but the delivery of the story. Mm -hmm. Painting every part of the story we have to be. And I see a few people doing that now, Ava DuVernay and a bunch of folks, you know. But by and large, most of us, when we begin to become successful, we think the, we don't, it's like we had a saying, the jump, but I had a saying, it brought to mind a saying in, in our neighborhood in Colortown back in the day when I was young. Whenever there was a decision to be made, there was somebody, well, we better go ask the man. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you believe white folks' ice is colder than ours, you know, or, or you don't believe it unless the white man tell you. Those are the kind of ways that within our community, we slap each other around and say, hey, look, stay focused. This mm -hmm. is our point of view. Mm -hmm. And that's the point of view we want to focus on, not what the man thinks. And even today, to become a star, to become a well-known money-making entity in our business, we have to be careful because a lot of times there's so many jewels of creativity that are overlooked by us because the man hadn't signified them out as being the mm -hmm. next. You know, if the man says that's the next, everybody, oh, he's the next. And a lot of time lost in the shuffle, those people who are probably as creative, if not more, who because the man is either hadn't discovered him or doesn't feel that it meets his criterion, they're lost to the system. And we have to find those people before the system finds them. That's how we break the harness. It's how you break it. Maverick is a word that has been aptly applied to describe Tim Reed in a pioneering career of unconventional choices. To him, success is making a difference, and it is leaving a legacy for those who come after him. It is change, and that means going up against some very, very powerful systems. 
So in this instance, success is self-fashioned. It comes from a sense of not only community, we are all part of something much larger than ourselves, but also a sense of gratitude for having played at some of the highest levels and won, and wanting to duplicate that success for other souls. This definition of success comes from an innate sense of who am I and what is my purpose? And perhaps this insight is another gift from a pioneer and self-described lone wolf whose greatest accomplishments may be in front of him. What is your focus with purpose? What is your passion? And what is your definition of success? We hope you have enjoyed this episode of Getting Deals Done. Each show is engineered as meditation on success by the same team that has brought you success meditations on the art of life, as well as being your very best self with our flagship program, Here's to Life with Tori Reed. The Hilton Sacramento Arden West in Sacramento, California, is committed to creating a safe and relaxing experience, including delivery of a clean stay from check-in to check-out. Located a couple of exits from downtown Sacramento and California's capital, our hotel provides a world-class stay, amenities, and rooms at the center of the California experience. California is a world-class economy with visionaries, doers, and dream catchers at its heart. Our mission, as with Here's to Life and Getting Deals Done, is the highest possible expression of excellence, business moxie, humanity, and client care. As the world moves at a fast and sometimes hectic pace, we will provide you with a peace of mind. The Hilton Sacramento Arden West is here to make your experience a better one. We look forward to receiving you. I am Ginger Levert, Director of Sales and Marketing at the Hilton Sacramento Arden West. Our focus is on the customer experience and a pristine excellence. When you travel to Sacramento, stay with us and I guarantee your peace of mind. We look forward to bringing you another dynamic offering globally every two weeks. Be sure to join us for our virtual mastermind forum. And remember, prosperity is a state of being, not a ledger line on your bank account. Uh-huh.